Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music, and I love those that create it. Stryker's here. Tuna on toast. Yes. Tuna on toast. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Tuna on Toast. It is Ted Stryker. If this is your first time here because Joshua Hami led you here, welcome to the Tune on Toast community. If you come back week after week, thank you so much for the support. Some of our past episodes, if you're new, there's a ton available for you to listen to or go watch on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Tune on Toast with Stryker. Everybody from uh, Davey Havoc, Tom DeLong, Brett Gerwitz, Mike Shinoda, Fat Mike, Tom Morello, M. Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold. There really is a great library of Tuna on Toast episodes. So once again, thank you so much for the support. Just about every single podcast I've done, I do it from my guest bedroom and the guest comes over. This one was a little bit different. We just hopped on a Zoom for a variety of reasons. I hit record and then we were off to the races. Everything, I'm not gonna give too many details away because let's welcome Josh, but like we discuss, of course, the new album, In Times New Roman, early Queens of the Stone Age days. I get to tell Josh my favorite Queens of the Stone Age song. He tells me the movies that he's seen more than 10 times. We talk Taylor Swift, making set lists and everything in between. So without any further ado, please welcome Welcome to the Tuna on Toast studio from Queens of the Stone Age, Joshua Hami. Look at that guy. <laughs> Josh, Hi. thank you so much for doing this. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. Well, we should wait till after it's done. It might not go well. Who knows? Well, I have confidence that it'll be better than a 5.2 out of 10, and that's normally how high I set my bar. All right. Something you can walk over or roll under. Right? That's, that's exactly right. So let me just check the levels, make sure it's... I can give you whatever levels you're wanting. That's I can cool. level with you. <laughs> level with me on how much I've aged since the last time you saw me and how much less hair I have in my head. Let's hear it. I can take it. <laughs> well, I, somehow I've got whatever hair you lost. I, it's all... And, and it's odd that I've shoved it on my face. <laughs> perhaps uncomfortable for us both. I don't know. It's not that uncomfortable. Did your grandparents, did they have lots of hair on their head, specifically your grandfather? We're going very deep here. Yeah, you know, I'm really glad you asked me that. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my grandpa, he had a full head of hair at 86. Wow. I guess it's kind of ironic that he died at 86, the, the phrase being 86. Yeah. <laughs> it's just 86 at 86. I mean, it's not a major ironic twist, but it's it's interesting. Um. In Times New Roman, can I just ask you about my favorite songs on there? And I don't need to know what each song is about, but like I really get excited talking to bands and artists I love when I tell them the songs I love and you can maybe give me a tidbit. I can give you some tidbits. That would no, that'd be amazing. So my favorite song is Time and Place as of now, and that'll change in probably three months when I go through the songs a bunch more. But Time and Place, musically and lyrically, really grabs me from the beginning. Well... You know, I think uh, musically, what's interesting is listening to sort of like blues influencing North Africa, you know, and sort of like, it's not necessarily Turag blues, but like stuff like from Benin and countries like that. You, know, you listen to these really great, even uh, records from the 70s where grooves are sort of put together by multiple parties that they almost weave together to create something more. You know, someone's playing off time, someone's shooting the gap in between. And it's almost like, uh, you know, like twinkling 
Christmas lights or something, mm. you know. And it's funny because it, it's this kind of straight groove, but these twinkly bits around it. So like that, that stuff is fun and interesting to play. And it's fun to play with the guys because you start messing with each other, playing different, <laughs> you know, hitting these different marks as we're going when we're playing. We've been playing it live, and it's just it's interesting because it it never the recording of it is what you hear there, but it never needs to stay there. It doesn't rest there. We're kind of messing with each other playing live already. Do you know that's going to happen when you play a new song live, that there could be some messing with each other? It doesn't mess up what the song was, I assume, but, you know, they throw in their own artistic feeling in that moment. Yeah, well, I, I just, I, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, the nature of all this is that it's, it's play, you know, in the kid-like version of that word, which is you're just playing together. And, you know, the song retains its sense of self, but you still get to sort of play with your toys, I suppose, inside of that. You know. With all the S that you've gone through, is it was it fun making the full-length album with your friends in the band? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think for whatever reason, making a Queen's record has become more difficult, I think. And that's certainly my fault in amongst the... So it was like, well, who's responsible for that? I sort of put up my hand amongst the guys, you know. But I think also because I really, I want to put everything I have into it. And I feel like a sense of, because I don't really take, I don't take myself overly seriously, but I take the process of a Queen's record seriously. Like if I'm working with Eagles Death Metal or producing a record or collaborating some way, I feel like that's much easier. I feel more, it's much easier for me to just uh, enjoy that process. And it's not that I don't enjoy making a Queen's record. It's just... It, it always it feels a little bit like mountaineering. <laughs> it feels like an accomplishment, and it feels great to do, but uh, it's it doesn't feel simple. One thing that I've thought about over the last couple of years, just when it comes to people that are creating something, whether it's something in my bubble, which is a million times smaller than yours, or a stand-up comedian, whatever it is, maybe the process of making something should not be fun. It's hard. It's stressful, and it's like you put maybe too much weight on your shoulders and build it up to bigger than it really needs to be. Well, I don't feel like the that the difficulty is coming from like uh, I'm not much of a second guesser mm. because like then what am I guessing for the second time? The first time wasn't enough guess. It's not like from that as the, as much as it feels like uh, there's many things at this point that I've done and that we've done uh, as a group, and so. I don't want to just do that again. And and so it's sort of like you're standing on the pile of stuff you've made and it's like Jenga, you know, we've been around a long time and as that tower gets taller, it's, it's a little more difficult to place your next block. You mentioned being around a long time. And before I ask you about uh, what the people, what the people say, did you have a specific goal once you became officially queens of the stone age for the band was it oh we're going to get to interscope and we're going to do this or was it like oh we're going to make music and hopefully just be able to support ourselves musically i mean i i I, i'm still surprised that like this is what i get to do for a living i just never thought it would go on this long i never and i think i've always been very caught and caught up and swept away in the moment and wanting to sort of like make sure i've left it all out there in the moment and so I, i i'm not I don't do, I don't get overly nostalgic because it kind of bums me out to look back too mm. much. And I feel like there's so much to do. And the only way to get to the future is to like focus on what's going on now. And at times that's, you know, I've had blinders on and not paid attention to what's the, you know, other things. And, and uh, 
I mean, I guess that's just the way I've always pursued this. I, 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 I've always thought like someone's going to ring the door bell and, and I'll answer it and I'll have a clipboard and, a, and a, with a bunch of guys behind him and be like, this is over now. And, uh, and you know, oh. and I would, I think my response would be like, that was a long time though. That was pretty good. That actually right. went pretty good. Right. And of yeah. course, as an outsider, just watching you and your career and everything you've done, I'm like, there is no way in a zillion years that would ever happen to you because you've proven yourself with the songs, the live performances, just 100% credibility you've created over so many years for yourself. Well, I mean, you know, I think that's for someone else to say. I, 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 I just said I, it for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> then we're good. I, I, I think, um, especially as the years have gone on, it's like, I, I like to focus on the making of something and I like to, I increasingly more and more like to stay out of almost this part of it because I, um, and the world has changed so much and, and the way all this works has changed so much. And um, those changes, some are good and some are, are, are not that fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I just think I, I sort of take comfort in doing the work of, of getting to play and, and rehearsing and all that. And like, that's enough for me. I don't know. I don't, I don't require anything else from it at this point. I just, I love to do it. I get to do it. And I've liked, I try hard, hard to do well and then i don't need to worry about anything else right yep like i don't want to worry about anything i don't want to engage in like how everyone else is receiving it you know it's like seems like a real slippery slope yeah and i have i have friends that do that and they're not always pleased by that interaction you know and i I can see why it's just it's there's a lot of the mystery is better right (laughs) right but a lot of times and you just said it yourself people don't want mystery anymore. They don't want, they want to see what's behind the curtain. And a lot of people are showing what's behind the curtain every single day instead of creating uh, some sort of puzzle. What's, how is this going on? Yeah. Um, my answer to that is like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to, like, people want to show you their underwear drawer, basically. Right. I just, I, I'm, I'm not, I, um, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't want myself or anyone else to uh, be accustomed to that interaction. And I don't, Desire. I don't need that to be okay. And uh, frankly, that sort of style of that is a little is confusing for at times, you know, because that therapist, there, there's a, sometimes I come across people that, that I'm working with that are like, that's their expectation or request. You know what we should do? You should. And so dealing with saying like, oh, there's no fucking way. You know, sorry. <laughs> I think it happened. Okay. It's like, um, there used to be this kind of, battle that you'd have with your record company you know trying to make sure you could do your thing your way yes and that battle is over now and that's nice because now the battle is like essentially someone's desire for you to expose every aspect of yourself you know which so it's just a different battle i think in that way but it's got to be easy for you and the band i assume if anyone that's in your world it wants you to do something that you don't think is great for you and the band to easily just say no, right? Well, I think that that's just something that is good to learn that sometimes takes age or something too. I mean, it would be great mm. to, to, you know, I was a cocky little shit when I was 20, you know? <laughs> so, so saying no and, and learning how to say no when you feel uncomfortable about anything that's like that takes a second. Right. It takes a second. And, and it's, and there's a, there's something wonderful about getting to a spot whenever, whatever age that is, where you feel comfortable saying, Hey, I hear what you're saying, but no, 
there's a nice, there's a piece that comes with that. That's what kind of wonderful. Right. And also, and I'm not speaking for you just again, my, it's, it's easier said than done to do that no matter how old you're getting. Because a lot of times you just want to make that person happy because maybe there's 8% of you that thinks, oh, they're partly responsible for how I got here. I'm going to just, I'm going to relent to them. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I, I think there's no reason to add being a jerk about it, the no that you're knowing. But I do feel that it's important to establish some sort of arm's length about, you know, I, I think sometimes you feel, if I don't do this, Sarah, is it some slippery slope or it's like, is it all connected? If I, I pull one stick out, is the whole thing going to yes. fall down? But I, I also, uh, that feeling, I don't, I don't have that feeling anymore because I, um, I think something uh, not to talk about the pandemic, you know, all it's time because thank God it's over. But there was, there was a prioritizing that was wonderful about that because it was like, okay, well, most of this doesn't matter. I'm good. It's like, are my family and friends like are they good and and some of this other stuff can wait um and then that's okay and it's okay you know it's like there's no need to panic about it all you know it's just you prioritize these things and then that's it have you been able to see any light at the end of the crazy tunnel that you've been in with the new record out and these shows and we are so excited to see you play live in the new album rules from your perspective is there light out there for you oh yeah yeah. oh good and uh yeah, of Good. course. And, and I'm, you know, I, <laughs> I tend to laugh at stuff no matter what it is, because I just think, you know, as I've said it a million times, but when life is good, it's funny. When life is rough, it's really funny. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and I think the experiences of the last bunch of years have created this thing in our band where really have fresh eyes about playing, just coming from a different place where um, I really was we just got back from Europe and I, and every day I was really looking forward to playing and just having that moment where just an appreciation for those moments. You know, we keep walking out. It's, our intro music is this song smile. And, it, and it's, it's almost like just this reminder of like, I'm just going to smile and dig it for a sec. Mm. You know, did you feel like you were in like an an athlete can be in the zone like Jordan when he was playing, like he was making every shot when you were at Glastonbury, it was like, you were in the Michael Jordan zone. That's <laughs> better than auto zone. I <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 what I hope it is, is that this appreciation that all the guys were having is just coming across, you know, and it would be great to walk on stage and just fucking kill it and be in the moment and sort of open your eyes and realize you're sharing that with, with a group of people that, you know, I, I don't know. I had this feeling that it's like right now you're not at home and there are no worries and we're here. So we should really do this right now. We should really lay into it. And it's like it's feeling with the audience. And, and so as this record has begun and the shows have begun, it's kind of just been that way each day, each night up there. And and so I, I have this sense of wanting to hold on to that. But as is the case, it's like you, you can't hold on to it too tightly. Just go ahead and let yourself go and see what happens. You know, boy, this has gotten way deeper than I intended. I Sorry, man. Let's talk about, I, I, I think I'm taking it there. So I don't know. I, you know. no, we, I, I, we've known you're asking. I'm telling you. Yes. This is amazing. I love it. But I want to know about uh, what the people say, what the people say. Another great play on words. This is in my top favorite songs on your new album. What can you tell me about this one? That'll get me excited here. Well, I think, 
there's, you know, as I've been talking to the folks I've been talking to about this record, it's funny that people's perspective of is it puns or is it wordplay? And is there an emotional difference? Because if it's puns, it's maybe something your drunk uncle is doing. And if it's wordplay, it's something that, uh, you know, that Chaucer did. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and is it nowhere? Is it neither of these things? And, and I, as a musician, as someone that likes to make things, as a father, things like that too, I just think uh, it's better to do these things in a vacuum. Uh, I mean, who gives a fuck what anyone else thinks? It's like, like what, and even if that's an incorrect amount of love, <laughs> if you know what I mean, or an incorrect amount of disdain, or it's it's all okay, you know. Yeah. And 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 I do think that. Um, in fact, I was just talking about this morning with my, with my mom. You know, it's just like a yeah, the the world's in a funky place, but doesn't it make you want to like? go out and do stuff doesn't really make you want to make the most of whatever time is here it doesn't make me have a feeling of retreating it's just I, whatever the people say and the way the situation is is it makes me want to go out and sample the world see the world with whatever time is left instead of being bogged down by um whatever the words that people are saying are you know yes even if they're even if they're too even if they're good i don't know i guess i'm just at a spot where i'm ready to ignore most stuff in, in a way that's okay. Is it difficult for you as an artist and the guys to find that balance of you want to show off every new song at a concert that you're playing, but also uh, we got we want to get Little Sister in and we want to get No One Knows in and we want to get The Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. Like, is that hard to find that balance every night? Well, I think for it's different for festivals and things. You know, we've always never played the same set list. And I remember looking at these set lists from the past that were so bananas <laughs> that started so nuts that I thought, God, that was, I must have been really out of my mind at the time. But, but it is important. We have a lot of people that go to multiple shows. Right. I see them. I see them in the front row at six or seven shows. And, and I always think even if it's only 10 people, that's just, they, it deserves to be something else every, every night. And we have a lot of, records now there's a lot of songs i just think it's in the switching around of it I, I i understand that i'm always going to play no one knows because i still like playing that song and sure that's something that it's it's an agreement with the audience that's i assume that that this is a part of coming here to see us and and here you go you know when when there's bands that don't want to play their big song or their big songs i always think it's a little cunty to do that totally <laughs> you know? like, yeah it's it's like Acting like a song that a lot of people like as a burden is just a strange reaction to the the gift that your fans have given you. You know, it seems like an odd reaction. Totally, I hundred percent agree. You know yeah. that song, somebody that I used to know by Gautier. It has like two and a half billion streams sure. on YouTube. It's great, great, it's a great song. Ten out of great. ten song. There's something that affects our brain with that song that makes almost everybody like it. So I did this thing with them. Like this three song, he's gonna do three songs, an interview. I'm, I did okay in the interview. He did the three songs for these people who don't know anything about him, and he didn't play that song. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> well, I, I, I think, um, especially when something blows up in the way that did, I, I can understand perhaps that feeling of it's overshadowing the rest of what you do and all, but perhaps these are uptown problems, you know? And, and, and while I understand, this bits of that sentiment. I don't think the end result can be that you deny the sort of 
world that that song would give you if you were that guy. What's that guy's name again? Gautier. In all, in the years of doing this, I've seen a lot of artists do that at times, like sort of get angry at their their own music for mm. for doing well, for creating this world. I don't know. I just, having fans is a cool thing and they want stuff. And when it comes to playing the stuff they want, I, I feel like that, that's just what the, that's where you're, that's why this is happening, right? I mean, right. Yeah. You guys are all here because you want to hear some stuff and also have no idea what's going to happen. And you need to have that basic food group in order for me to surprise you too. Surprise requires knowing some constants are going to happen, you know? So I don't know. I, I don't sweat stuff like that. I, why would I not play? No one knows that. Right. I really appreciate, and I've never heard you say that before, or haven't heard a lot of artists talk about it, that those that are coming to every single show, you really want to make them happy, but also those people that are there that maybe only know three songs of you from the radio and be like, you know what? I think I want to check these guys out for the first time in 2023. And that just, that's yeah, a, it seems I mean, like I a great way. I don't care about the difference of that because they're both taking this chance on a night to try to achieve a Saturday or a jean shorts hmm. sort of moment <laughs> uh, out of a Tuesday. You know, it's like we're, we're trying to, we're trying to hold, hold on. Man. Okay. I got to plug, I got to plug this in. All right. We'll do like five, we'll five, five more minutes and then, then we'll be done. I love the phone on the wall. What phone? That one by the door. Oh, the old school. Yeah. The, the old school landline. Yeah. I, I, I love a landline personally. I do too. I have one here. They work. They always work. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to plug them in. Like it just plug this thing in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Wait, what were you saying? Were uh, it's fine. I was just give. I was just saying how much I liked you were just comparing like people coming out that maybe know two songs from the radio to those that know every syllable to every song you have done to, to come out well, to see yeah, you. We played dark music oftentimes, you know, at the, a bulk of, of what we do is heavy and dark. And what the end result is that everyone there is participating and trying to have a good time and elevate the situation. It would be strange to deny the stuff that really works to help elevate a situation. <laughs> you know, it's like I need a hammer and there's one laying here. And I'm like, I'm not going to use that one. <laughs> Damn it, I'm not going to use that one. I want to use a different way. It's just a, for me, those things don't, uh, uh, it's much ado about nothing to say. Uh, I'm not playing that same song again. Fuck, I love playing No One Knows. It's great to play. It's aged in a way where it's just cool to have a thing that does such a thing, you know? Before we get to Paper Machete, which I'm going to play on my show, there's one song in particular in all of your library that at one point was the song I would listen to before I would go out and maybe act like a dumbbell, and then I would put on that same song when I came home and acted like a dumbbell. <laughs> Any prediction? I'm glad to be part of your workout routine. And no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any predictions on what possibly that song could be? Let's go. Come on. You know, you really got me stumped here. I I've, I have no clue. What What is it? Better Living Through Chemistry. Oh. Man, oh well, maybe, maybe we should play that in Toronto when we get there. That, that is the best song, man. I hear it still, and I get chills, and it just takes me back to a place of the best times ever. And I loved it then, and I, <laughs> I, re I still love it now. Funny is it's kind of a, it's basically an anti-drug song. 
And when I came home, well, I got to put the song back on. Let's go. Okay. Paper Machete. Where did this one come along in the making of the new album? Early on towards the end. And I would love to know something about this one, please. Uh, it was the, the first song that I, I sang. I actually, we recorded the music a, a couple of years ago and I really didn't sing anything till last November, but except for that song, that was the one song that got sung somewhere in the middle. And, and you know, I think uh, if you're going to try a bunch of things on a record, which you have to do to move forward and try things you haven't done, uh, one of the conversations we have with guys is like, I don't want to do something that we've already done unless it's this really exceptional example of something that's utterly us. And perhaps in a way, Paper Machete is sort of very much a Queens of the Stone Age tune that's that, that shares some kind of genealogy with Little Sister and Regular John, the very first time we put out it. And it's a bit like comfort food on the record. It's something dependable before we go crazy and start experimenting everywhere. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, it's almost like playing something familiar, like no one knows. And then the rest of the set is all over the place give you something that you can hit your horse to and rely on yes. before we go bananas trying all this new territory, you know, going after new territory where we haven't been. So I think that song in particular is sort of an assurance that we're still us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That makes total sense. All right. Uh, I'm going to get you out of here on these last three horrible, dumb questions. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, I've seen <laughs> I've seen Pulp Fiction, Ferris Bueller, Ocean's Eleven, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, at least ten to fifteen times. Casino, Goodfellas. What movies sure. have you seen that are on? You'll you'll always give them like ten to thirty minutes of your time. You've seen them ten times at least. Well, all the ones that you've mentioned definitely are are in there. I love a movie called The Good Guys. <laughs> Whenever I'm feeling guys. down, I watch this movie, The Good Guys, with. But Ryan Gosling and uh, this is the Australian actor from How Am I Forgetting This? This is a I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, right? And it's just so funny. It's just so it's very much Abbott and Costello somehow, and the way that movie is, and the way everyone speaks to each other. Just the dialogue makes me happy. That's that's, and I love Gangs of New York. Oh wow! There's something about gangs in new york that is just very upsettingly sexy yeah and frankly i like a good romantic comedy because it seems so distant from my own life here we go here we go what what do you got what's what's your go-to romantic comedy out there i kind of don't care i don't really care it's just i like to watch the fantasy of what um it's such a fantasy of what love is and all the stuff and it always ends with they live happily ever after when traditionally in real life, you know, things get dicey and, right. and crazy. So it's almost like uh, Cinderella is a romantic comedy too. You know, it's just like, I, um, I'm okay with a little fantasy like that. Okay. Also, you know, what else I like is the movie Heavy Metal. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's it's just sheer fantasy and is a movie that wouldn't be made now, that would be difficult to make. Because it's just a piece of art. Right. But I've watched it maybe a hundred times. Wow. Have you ever seen that movie? I've never seen it. I know of it. If you've seen it a hundred times yeah. and you like the movies that I mentioned, this I need to watch this immediately then. Yeah, it's just, it's something that, and it's really, it's really this loose story to try to cobble together these little episodes. 
And the, the story that they've tried to cobble these episodes together was of no consequence whatsoever. It's just great on the eyes and it's sort of extreme and it's fantasy and it's and the things it's doing and it's just kind of cool. It's like a stoner movie. Okay, heavy yeah. metal. Yeah. I ask this not because you're from there, but it's in my top 14 favorite movies of all time. I've seen it 18 times. The movie Palm Springs on Hulu. <laughs> I, love that, I love that you've got a count. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't say anything about you at all. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you I, know, I think when you're from a town that isn't a major city and anytime your town is sort of mentioned, you always go, yay, even if it's the worst movie of all time. But that's a really good, the Palm Springs is a good movie. It is. Are you going to see any Taylor Swift concerts? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's on my to-do list, but I can't find the clipboard. Okay. <laughs> No, I, 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 in fact, I don't mean this in any, I just think it's sort of accidental. I don't think I've ever heard a Taylor Swift song, or if I have, I, I don't know. Like I could have been in a mall somewhere in a, you know, it's just, there's, there's certain, I have sort of like blind spots of things I've never read or seen before or heard before. Right. And uh, I'm not sure I've ever heard a Taylor Swift song. I had an argument wow. with someone the other day. I didn't know one Ed Sheeran song. And I said, he has an A plus, he's an A plus talent. I just don't, I just don't know the songs. Right. Same. I, I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard an Ed Sheeran song. And, and if I have, it, it was something where I was unaware. So I don't know if it's ever happened or not. It's not really on purpose. And I guess I've just been really busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the same about Justin Bieber. Like, I don't know if I've ever, I'm not aware of that. Have I ever, has that ever entered my ear canal before? I don't know. I really don't know. Someone asked me the other day, hey, do you know the song Peaches? I'm like, yeah, Presidents of the United States of America. Song is, and they're like, no, it's a Justin Bieber song. It was grabbing. You're not dating yourself at all. Sorry. There's no way you're dating. Do you know who Beethoven is? It's got this really great symphony. I used to go to his shows all the yeah, time. Yeah, the movie about the dog, that's incredible. Yeah, part five was incredible when, uh, uh, yeah, okay, Josh. Yeah. We're going to let you go. We've gone over the time. I hope you know. I think you I'll do. You. Uh, <laughs> how much I appreciate the music and the art. You've been an important part of my, like, creating fun for me over so many years. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. It's uh, um, my pleasure. In Times, New Roman. Josh, thank you again. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And again, congrats on the unbelievable career, man. Thanks for everything. Oh, thanks, man. I'll see you next time. Okay. Spec. I'll see you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Another episode of Strikers Tuna on Toast. Promise it'll get better. Most likely. For sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>